All right, welcome back to just another solar podcast with Luke Beatty. That's me, Carl Jensen. G'day, Carl. Luke, how are you going today live from the Tesla? Whereabouts in the world are you, mate? Um, near Chadston in the uh, southeastern car park. We've also got industry legend Nigel Morris. How are you, Nigel? Good. It's Par- a momentous Apparently, I've got too many words, so everything's going to be one-word <laughs> answers tonight, mofo. Oh, the chat before we do the podcast <laughs> is always fun, right? Hey, it's, it's a momentous occasion for this one. It's our 50th episode. Huge. Congrats, guys. Absolutely, congrats. You, you, and in fact, you, you, this podcast was the number one on my Spotify thing <laughs> of all the content that I've listened to. This one popped up the most because I'm checking wow. in on us to make sure that it's, uh, that we didn't sound like, well, yeah, there's not much you can do in hindsight. You just go, oh, shit, that was, that was nutty. But I think uh, you deserve a free t shirt for that. Just another solar podcast. <laughs> I told you, it's the shower curtain that does it for me. Now, we've got a really good guest on today. Can't wait to get into it. Just wanted to make mention there's been a couple of big bits of news. The um, Capacity Investment Scheme, which um, is a big federal program, which represents about 32 gigawatts of solar, batteries, wind, definitely in the utility space. And there's been a bit of talk around that because all of us and a lot of the people that listen are in the uh, small-scale space. So we're just wondering if there's going to be something for us, because, you know, small scale represents over 40% of the picture. So it'll be good if we get something as well. This big battery car, tell us about it. 600 megawatts in Melton, and that makes it twice the size of the last enormous battery that's Geelong, which really isn't that far away from Melton. So uh, I'm struggling to see why we need it. Uh, I think it's better behind the meter, and it's costing taxpayers an enormous amount of money so yeah, i'm not convinced you know you don't like the community battery angle Chancen. i think it's better behind the meter nigel i really do as yep. in at the end of the day any energy that i've got to buy from someone else is more expensive mm-hmm. um, and there's definitely well i don't think personally that there's really any meaningful economies of scale i.e by the time you get to grid level reliability the requirements are much harder Mm, and therefore, mm. the hardware is spectacularly expensive. Mm. Uh, so I, I don't think cost per watt is any better than what you can do it behind the meter. And behind the meter makes a lot more sense for the consumers. It is a big. I, I I don't disagree with you actually, but it's. I mean, it's an interesting debate because I mean, there's something to be said for having a great big whack of 600 megawatts available, right? That they can control with a single command as opposed to trying to control, you know, 600 behind the meter systems with, you know, people doing all sorts of crazy things with Wi-Fi connectivity, right? Well, just think if you had all of that storage behind the meter, you wouldn't need to control it and do it itself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To a certain extent, you're right. Negawatts, right? Negawatts. Yeah. Look, the other bit of news that I had, just jumping off that one was the Janus electric truck that Luke and I saw in Melbourne on the 9th of November. And I was having a little party in the car about how exciting it was that Janus had their gear installed in basically a brand new Kenworth for Cement Australia. And yesterday went up in flames on the freeway. Well, day before went up on in flames on the freeway. Like, oh, what a tragedy. Million bucks gone. Wouldn't like to be the insurance company that day. That's a shame. 
On the, on the flip side, you know, it is new technology, but on the flip side, at least uh, Elon didn't break another window in the uh, Cybertruck in his launch today. I didn't know. They were using a very soft ball. It looked like a bounce. Looks like It looked like a rubber ball this time. They did. I they did. showed footage of them shooting it with machine guns and stuff, but they, they stayed well clear of the windows this time. There was a YouTube video with a drag racing a 911 of some description, and, of course, it won, and then they panned back in the shot and the cyber truck was towing a 911 on a trailer as well, which was <laughs> quite good, of course. That was genius. I love that, man. Just <clears throat> zoom back, and and not only did he beat him, not only did did he do zero to 100 in 2.6 seconds and an 11-second quarter mile, which is very respectable for a, was that, 3.1 tons? Three-ton the, car. Three-ton car versus a 1.5, so it's twice the weight without the trailer and the other Porsche on the back. So, you know, he's combined, he was like close to five tons, still beat it, and still did 2.6. Not bad. Well, guys, let's jump in with our guest. Our guest today is Jake Warner from the Penrith Solar Centre. If you haven't heard of them, jump on their YouTube page. They do lots of really cool socials, a lot of B2C stuff that explains basic stuff about solar technology, about the market. Uh, they are also won a top solar company award from EUPD Research. There's many more accolades, but one of the great guys in the industry, welcome Jake Warner. Hey, Luke. Thank you, mate. What an intro. Hey, Nige. Hey, Carl. Welcome aboard, mate. Thank Thanks you. for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me on such a uh, momentous 50th episode of the podcast congrats yeah, you're, you you got to pay for beer you know this is that's yeah. 50 50 beers for every episode <laughs> how much did i pay to get on here today actually <laughs> the checks so i will send you send send you an invoice <laughs> uh, now tell us mate uh, normally as is the case with the guests we get them to give a brief of how you got into the industry your journey study your journey yep. um do you want to jump into that for us mate yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. My favourite story of all time, uh, even better in colour. So I, I'm i an electrician by trade. Um, I started my electrical apprenticeship for right out of year 10, uh, 16 years old. Um, and I actually did my electrical apprenticeship with our local DNSP, which is Endeavour Energy. So I learned a lot about the, the network in my time there. And I, I finished up there. I was 20 years old. I had my electrical trade. And I went out on my own as an electrician. So I was doing, um, you know, real estate work and everything in between that you try and do when you first go out on your own. And and it was tough, you know. And then I was asked actually to install a solar system for a good friend of mine. Uh, his name's James Hill, Jim Hill. He's a really good bloke. He's in the industry still. And I remember turning around to Jimmy and saying, mate, oh, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, I know nothing about solar. And he's like, look, mate, we'll do it together. It'll be good. It'll be fine. And so he convinced me to install this solar system for him. And it was, it must have been 2015, I think, was my first ever uh, install alongside Jim. And uh, I worked out, well, my, my apprentice and I worked out that we really, really liked it. You know, we, we were outdoors, we were having fun. And we knew that solar had a little bit of a kind of rat baggy name to it, which was a bit of a turnoff. But then after we did our first install, I was like, we could, we can actually do this quite well, you know, like, and we started doing more and more installs as subcontractors and taking pride in our work. And we started to get a, a little bit of a name for ourselves. And then fast forward probably two years from that point, uh, end of 2016, I had kind of said to myself that I think I can sell this and install it. You know, who wouldn't want to buy it off an electrician? I thought sales was going to be the easiest thing ever. Uh, what a rude shock that has certainly been. And so 
We sold our first system uh, on the 1st of July 2017 to a gentleman named John, uh, surname Sparks. He's in Bly Park, New South Wales. I still monitor that system today. And we never, ever did another subby install since then. So we, um, yeah, been installing, you know, high quality gear since 2017 till today. Today, we have a capacity of about 25 meg a year. Um, we have almost 12 in-house install crews. Um, and we don't ourselves use any subcontractors either. So it's certainly been a really fun and steep growth curve for us. And yeah, just really, really lucky to have such great people around me. And we wouldn't be anything as well without, you know, mentors in this industry. You know, there are some incredible people that I've looked up to, you know, whilst building PSC. Um, you know, Andy McCarthy would have to be one, number one for me. Eddie May. I've had lots of conversations with MC, uh, even Nige, the Springer brothers, um, just to name a few. So I've been pretty lucky. There's certainly been a path paved before me um, and I've just actually had to walk it. It's been fun. It's been a hell of a time. That's awesome, man. And what was the journey like? So you went from being on the tools doing the installs and it's yep. not like you can flick a switch and get the sales and the pipeline there. So what did that period look yeah. like where you were trying to ramp yep. up sales but also get the systems <laughs> installed? Uh, that, that Luke, was really uncomfortable. Uh, and I, if I didn't live at home and I didn't have a missus, I'm not sure that it actually would have been possible to do it like I did. I actually sneakily had a bed in my first office, right? So what I would do is I was still on the tools during the day. I'd work on the tools uh, all day. Then at nighttime I, or afternoons, I'd be doing the quoting myself. And then at nighttime, I'd be doing processing STCs and whatever other paperwork we needed to do. I'd quite often fall asleep on my computer, take myself to bed, which was the office. And then I'd wake up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning to the boys putting the roller door up and literally set them up for the day, have a shower, get ready, and, and off I went all over again. And I, I did that for about a year and a half. And, and it wasn't every night, to be fair. I still had a bed at home, which is lucky. Um, but for at least two to three nights a week, that's what I did. And I think my advantage there or my little head start was that I think I got about five years worth of work done in about two years. You know, there was just so much to be done. And <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have funds or money to employ a a salesperson. And in fact, at that stage, I was a mega control freak. Like nothing would leave my grips. You know, I've really had to learn to let go and trust the process and trust humans and, and great people. So it was actually really tough. There was never really a time. Well, there was a time where I thought to myself, man, this is probably where people give up. But that was a little bit later. That was when we had about 10 to 13 team members. And then I remember this really, really clearly. It was around 2018, I think it was, uh, maybe even end of 2017. And I remember we needed management or we needed someone to look after installers. And this, we had a few salespeople on at this stage. And I remember being pulled from every single limb and just thinking to myself, I reckon this is where most people give up because this feeling right now is so uncomfortable. But yeah, powered through. Uh, and when we could get great people on to manage or be in the leadership team, that's when things really started to accelerate. You know, once you got the right people in the right positions to run these departments, I was able to, uh, and this is kind of really back to basics, but I was able to work on PSC rather than in PSC. And that was, that was where the, the sort of magic started to happen. So 
um, since then, fast forward through COVID, where we, we all thought the world was going to end, and we're now in our third uh, and final factory, our final destination in Penrith. Um, and it's a 3,200 square meter factory. It's it's quite beautiful, you know, we're pretty proud of this. We've had two times to trial and error, and this one was the time where we had to get it right. So, yeah, I think we've found a, a great niche in what we do, um, being micro-inverters only. And, uh, yeah, I think we've been able to, you know, obviously have a lot of happy customers, which is which is what we're here for. You know, we're here, we're here for the people, we're here for the community. So, um, yeah, it's been – I would wrap it up as a, as a success. You know, I've had so much fun, and, and by far – you know, I'm far from finished. There's so much more work to be done. I was thinking about this because we were chatting the other day, Jake, and um, I was thinking about this today. And and you know, it's so interesting to watch when you've got you know seven, eight, nine thousand, what it is, whatever it is, <clears throat> solar companies out there. And mm-hmm. and also, I reckon, I reckon you can sum up the life cycle of a solar company into five stages. You know, stage one when you when you first start out, you you describe that beautifully. You know, sleeping in the mm-hmm. office and. And the strategy is essentially do everything, all right? Yeah. You know, just get, just do anything and do everything and just get rolling. And then stage two is you kind of find your niche. You get develop a little bit of a USP and, you know, you find your little spot in the world and, you know, you, 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 you've you clearly found yours. And then stage three is that sort of growth expansion. Uh, you refine everything. You, 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 you work on your differentiation and you start bringing staff in and, and that – to me is that really really dangerous phase because you that's potentially the valley of death right and i was chatting with an installer the other day he said oh at one stage i grew to sort of 32 staff and i just spent my whole life managing people and you know i realized that wasn't what i wanted to do i was a i was a tradie and i can sell a bit and so he scaled his business back in that valley of death stage but if you if you do get through there which is a really tough place to be that middle zone then you get to the scale stage right you, you go right now i'm now I'm scaling. I'm hiring good people in. I'm hiring GMs. I'm hiring all these brains to to help me do it. I'm I'm refining what I'm doing. Uh, I'm adjusting what I'm doing uh, so that I'm keeping up with the marketplace. And and that's where you can get that really massive growth. And you know I've been out to your place. It's it's the most amazing facility I've ever seen. And then there's the next step, and that's the one that really intrigues me because where do you go from there, right? You, do you do you just keep? You can't keep doing the same thing forever. Uh, you can't sit still. You've got to keep tweaking and fine-tuning and adjusting to the market. And uh, sometimes you can make that work if you're smart. Sometimes that doesn't work. Um, so you I sell. Know, Nigel. I don't know. People have been selling tiles for centuries. Well, yeah, it's, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm not saying it can't be done at all. There's plenty here out there who've just plugged away. Big shout-out to Brian England, who just retired after 41 years in solar. Uh, wow. and sold his business. Um, good on you, Brian. Uh, don't go away too soon. We need you. But, you know, that next step is really the interesting. It's kind of what's the end game here? You know, I've, I've started out. I've grown. I've gone through the valley of death. I've scaled. I've, I've you know, got the got the coolest building in the world. And and what's, what's the end game after that? You know, do you sell? Do you merge? Yeah. Do you settle? Do you adjust? Do you just keep doing the same thing? I mean, there's a lot of ways you can yeah. do it. What's the next step? For you, mate. Yeah. Just got, got to figure out how to use all of those one-drop cables left over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is a challenge, Carl. That is a challenge. It's a, you know what's even more annoying than one drops, Carl, is two drops. Do you and, join them together or do you call it a day? Like, what do you do? Well, the joiners are expensive, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But so are the heads. 
Nigel's given a really, really good summary there, and you can probably overlay that on your experience. What yeah. would be your answer to Nigel's question? Look, my answer to that, Nigel, is, I mean, I'm, I'm 31 years old, right? So I've, I've got many years ahead of me and so much I feel to give to this industry. Um, time. I, yeah, I don't have any intention on, on selling right now. I don't. Um, you know, there, there's been conversations. There's obviously been a lot of mergers going on in Australia at the moment and, and acquisitions, um, which we've entertained. But until I could find someone, if I ever did, that would treat my people like I treat my people, then it will never, ever happen. So I think we will keep refining and we will keep, um, you know, increasing our, our install quality, I think is important and keep servicing people. I actually think and we're, we're still actively in a growth phase right now. And I often think about this maximum capacity um, and what it looks like to maintain that because I truly believe that that may be one of the biggest challenges. I think it's it's reasonably easy at the scale right now, like say 80 team members, to actually keep the culture pretty good, right? Like we do really simple things. Like you would not come to our warehouse on a Friday and see the barbecue turned off at 6 a.m. and see it turned off at 8 a.m. So we do, you know, basic things like that, which just – a nothing effort is just so, so important for it. Maybe potentially a little bit of a coaching, um, you know, help helping other people. I don't think that, you know, we'll franchise. I don't think that's, you know, that's definitely not in my, um, in what I want to do um, or any of my goals. But yeah, we, if you look at, uh, I mean, a lot of people send it to me all the time saying, what the hell are you doing? If you look up our ABN and our business name register, we, we have about 95 business names registered just in case, you know, just in case. I think we've got. I every did see that. There's, there's quite a list uh, there, Jake. Yeah, I went, there oh, there's a bit of a strategy. So you, I mean, I, don't give all yeah. your secrets away, mate, but you know, I mean, this uh, is the thing, right? Yeah. You you got to, well, you got to hedge your bets and you got to find some plan B's and plan C's and plans, plan D's and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But but, I mean, yeah. sitting on the outside, you're leveraged like fuck, mate, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're balls deep um, yes. and really, really just going for it. And, you know, there's yeah. a power that comes with that. There's an energy that comes with that. There's a momentum that comes with that, which is yeah. um, which is really cool. And I really admire what, you, what you've done. But, um, yeah, I'm still digging for, you know, and maybe you don't know the answer. Maybe the answer is, mm. well, I got here. <laughs> that's enough, right? Well, well, yeah, that's right. I mean, now what we went in 2019, we said we wanted to do 15,000 homes by 2025 was what we wanted to do. And like, ironically, we why? Plan out, why? Well, just because. Like, honestly, there was not much why behind it at all. There was, we, that's just what I thought we could do. I reverse engineered it from like, what would 2025 actually look like? And I just said, well, there's a good goal. Let's bite that off. And that is like, that's, that's currently what we're working on. And like we we kind of we will hit that target, and actually we won't hit much more than that target. So it's it's pretty interesting that that's where you do end up. But yeah, I I don't know, Nigel. You know, like I've I question. You know, I talk a lot about purpose and and being really clear on your why. And um, for a long time, you know, I actually did this to prove people wrong. You know, like like most people who go out on their own, you really do do things to prove people wrong, whether it be school teachers, maybe it's some people you used to subby for, maybe it's your mum and dad, you know, that is actually the energy. That's not so that's not what it is now. Like now that I've seen the inside of the solar industry and actually just how important it is that we install as much high quality solar as we possibly can, I've taken social responsibility for the position that we're in. 
right? If I don't work hard and dig us out of this mess and lead the rest of the industry to do it, who's going to do it? I want to move along from that and talk about, you spoke about the early days where you were carrying everything and doing everything and then you scaled up. Now, one of the things I've seen frequently in your videos and having chatted to you is this idea of McDonald's everything. Those who check out your YouTube videos, and I recommend that again, Penrith Solar Centre, really, really good videos, they would understand that this is a concept that you've discussed and it's part of the ethos of your business. So do you want to explain that so other people can understand? Of course. You know, I was really, really lucky um, as a kid to be able to spend 12 months or so at McDonald's. I actually got sacked for eating nuggets, um, but I don't tell that story too often. (laughs) But let me tell you what I learned at Macca's, right? (laughs) I learned about how they can take everyday humans off the street. And in two hours, you can make every burger on their menu. No joke. That's that's what happens, right? McDonald's are the king of making systems. You know, you can actually do anything in McDonald's by reading a simple four to five step procedure, which is normally written next to where you have to do the task. For example, it might you might be washing cloths. It's a really simple three step how to wash a cloth, right? What I took away from McDonald's is we all think that there's, you know, there, there might seem like there's 30 Apart from nuggets, there. sorry, Jake. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, if you want to, if you want to go there, there may have been bag, bags of M and M's as well. By the way, we've put solar on most of my Macca's manager's house by now, so I've mended that. Okay, now <laughs> yeah, you've, you've lost. You've, I've derailed there because I'm thinking. Sorry, you were talking about how um, <laughs> at each station they've got the simple guides. About yeah, how that's that's right. Yeah. So they've got simple guides. But what I worked out from Macca's is that, you you know, there's about 30 burgers on the menu, say. And let me tell you, I've tried every single one. Now, those burgers are actually only made up of about 12 different ingredients and they all just have a different sauce. So when I was starting PSC, I had a really bit of a wake-up moment when I was trying to stock say two different brands of string inverter. I was trying to stock Enphase. I was trying to stock Powerwalls. I was trying to do it all. Whatever the customer asked for, we were quoting. And we were like, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. But with that just comes such a lack of direction and such a lack of, uh, like, what do you actually believe in? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you actually believe in all those products are the best fit? And I had a really, really strong look at myself. And I thought, well, what do I actually put on my own home? You know, what would I, what did I put on my parents' house? What have I put on my own home? And all that went into the decision. And I'm, I'm not going to preach it because end phase only for us is, is really, really important. But doing like you guys have great success, you know, with the iStore product. And I'm sure you notice when you do the same thing over and over again, similar to the McDonald's model, is you drive efficiencies. So we've become so efficient at what we do. But the, the flip side to that is, Luke, is that if we had to go and install a half a meg string system right now, we actually probably wouldn't be that great at it. You know, like we're, we're a little bit out of touch with what that looks like. We might even be a little bit out of touch with the rules and regulations, but it doesn't matter because McDonald's doesn't sell chicken. It just sells McDonald's. It sells burgers. And that's what we do. So by doing the same thing over and over again, I really, really believe that that along with the art of planning, learning how to plan and put things on paper has been two of the big secrets to our success and our scalability is just looking at everything like how would McDonald's do this? The other people warehousing wise as well, Toyota, it's about 
you know, getting rid of things in your warehouse that you don't actually use, you know, things that aren't serving your purpose, you know, just sitting there occupying shelf space. We're really big on that too. You know, we if you walk through our warehouse or you watch the videos, there's nothing on the shelf that's not actively in rotation. You know, we're, we're huge on that. That space is gold. So that's really good for operations and coming back to what you said, sense of purpose. So the next question is, how do you align your team with that? Well, it's a really good question. Um, and culture and alignment and purpose and mission and why, they're all um, such actually hard things to talk about. I find them to be more of a, a feeling than, than what they are actually words. But we have a saying at Penrith Solar Center, and it's something that we all live by. And if I was ever to get a tattoo, I might even get that tattooed on me. And it's as simple as the best or nothing. If you can't do something to the best of your ability or give it the very best effort that you can, do not do it at all. So that goes from if you're sweeping the floors. If you're not going to show up and give that the very, very best effort that you can possibly give, give it to someone else or just just don't do it at all. If you're going to service a client or you're going to call someone, say you've got a, a new uh, inquiry and you've got to call them for the first time and you're feeling it like 60%, like you can't give them the best or nothing PSC experience, don't do it. You know, let someone else make that call. Say, hey, guys, I'm not feeling the best today. I'm not going to be able to give this client the best or nothing. So I'm actually going to give them nothing. We found that to be totally okay. And that's that's actually what we've lived by for the last three to four years. Um, and that's that's reflective in everything inside of this building. Like you walk through the building and, it's got Bose. You know, we have Bose speakers. Like we don't, we, you don't buy garbage. And because we've learned that when you buy the crap, you buy it twice. It's like one of the biggest lessons that the solar industry could ever teach anyone in the history of the world. So we do the same, you know, when it comes to, you know, our systems as well, like just doing, you know, the end phase and, and Schleder and iBoards. And so that's the philosophy we've carried out. And I found that when we align our team with that, that exact the best or nothing, what we find is we hire people that are aligned with where we're going. They understand that we don't accept anything less than the best. And they do understand that if, if they're not aligned with that, they actually won't last here forever. They may move on because it's uncomfortable to be in an environment where everyone works that way. Or the greatest thing that happens is they pop and they see it and they see it for what it is and they go, wow, they actually want more out of me. I've got more to give, you know, and then they step up to the ultimate best version of themselves. And that's the kind of culture that we've bred here is, is a, is it's a high performance culture. Everyone is here for each other. Our sales team, I'm watching them right now, like through my window, they're out there having drinks and then they're going bowling together. And I'm like, I wish I could go, right? That's the sort of culture that's been bred here at PSC. They're, they're, it's not competition against each other. You know, everyone claps each other on, everyone sweeps the floors, um, and everyone's in it for each other as well. That's, I guess, how we've done that. You know, I, I hope it comes across or feels as good to you guys as what it feels to me in here. And even even sometimes, although it feels good, like sometimes it's actually not. You know, today uh, is a really good example of that. We had to let go one of our top sellers today because of, you know, something that didn't align that person with our best or nothing philosophy. And it's just tough. So today, today, you know, when I talk about the culture, it's a little bit hypocritical of me to say it's perfect because it's, it's certainly not. There are always going to be challenges. The way I describe workplace culture is, have you guys ever seen, like, I want you to think about 
the prettiest saltwater fish tank you've ever seen in your life. Like take yourself there right now. Now, let me tell you, that saltwater fish tank, it took years to build. If it's got coral, beautiful fish, it's clean, it's spotless. It took years and years and years to get that saltwater fish tank looking, feeling, and living as good as it does. You can destroy that fish tank in three days. That is workplace culture. It will take you years and years and years to find the balance, to get it great, to get everyone singing the same song and feeling the same feelings that you feel. And you can destroy it in quite literally three days. Now, the good news is you can rebuild it. But the bad news is it's longer than three days. You got months and months and months ahead of you, all because you overfed the fish or because the water levels were off. That is exactly workplace culture. I think that's just fascinating. And, and, and I mean, you asked before whether it can be seen from the outside, and it can, Jake, trust me, you know, what, what you guys are building and, and the ethos and the, the motivation, the enthusiasm, it, it just, it's like crabs when you're around. It's just, it's like rubbing, rubbing off on everyone, right? Um, but <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, I don't know about that analogy, Nigel. So, I'm just, oh, I'm spitballing. Flattery. But, but <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious. That's what I'm trying to say. Is that energy yeah. and that enthusiasm? Yeah. Bad analogy. But um, uh, the other one that struck me was that, um, and you know, going back to this ethos and the conversation we were having before about you know, where you're at in your business and and everything else. And when you look at uh, where you're positioning yourself in the market, you've positioned yourself and the business not as a competitor to everyone else. But as a collaborator with other companies in the industry, which really, not only, it, it personally appeals to me because that's the kind of I mean I've read the I've read the Art of War by by Sun Ju, but I, but I've also read lots and lots of stuff about collaboration and and you know this kind of the real question is who is the real who is the real competitor is the real competitor the uh, Jim Hill. Jim's like- not your competitor. The competitor is the energy market. The co- your real competitor is ambivalence to not do solar, right? And that's what yeah. strikes me about what you're doing and your attitude to collaboration with other solar companies is, is that you've said, I'm happy to have a conversation. I've got a little bit up my sleeve. I've got some IP. I've got some special things that I'm maybe not going to disclose to you. But I really want to learn from you and I really want to share with you and we can learn from each other and we make the pie bigger, right? Yeah. And and that's yeah. the other thing that strikes me about what you're doing there. Tell, tell me about your attitude towards collaboration. Collaboration is best said by Eddie May, right? Eddie May said it first and he said the future of solar is in collaboration. And I think he's actually somewhat right. You know, it's great to be able to collaborate. Now, it's tricky to do it with people locally. I'm lucky to have a few people, you know, uh, Chris from Avery Solar. I've got Jim Hill from the Pan Solar. These people are all my immediate competitors, if you will, in, in my backyard. But let me tell you, if we run out of something, if we need a power wall or we need anything and vice versa, they're the first people I call every single time. And, you know, we, we do support each other as much as we can. Sometimes you lose deals to them. Sometimes, you know, you might win off them and that's that's fine. We're all sort of learning. But my biggest sort of collaboration efforts certainly happen with, you know, Eddie May, the Springers, MC, Derek from Perth Solar across the, well, way far away, WA. I mean, does anyone even go there? Um, well, mate, we're, we're three hours, three hours and four decades behind the rest of the country. Oh, I know, I know. You're lucky. See, we're doing this at dinner time. this podcast. You're just waking up for brekkie. The same day. 
No, so look, uh, collaboration, you know, particularly with, with someone like Eddie, it, what's really interesting is we actually have somewhat similar businesses. Eddie does all Fronius. He loves his Fronius. You know, his team culture is is quite good. Um, and, you know, MC, you'd almost put in the same same boat as well. You know, Fronius diehards. And and I respect that. I respect that they they choose a product and they back it. And that's what they do. And they do it really well. And they, they drive their own efficiencies over there. What's interesting is that we all think our businesses are stupidly unique, but the reality is, is they're actually not. We're only a couple of degrees different, you know, whether it be, you know, iStore, whether it be PSC, whether it be Solar Analytics, we all face these similar kind of challenges, you know, and, and Nige, you listed the five periods of time of a, of a startup and a solar company. Those challenges are reflective in each of those times. You know, no business starts, well, most businesses don't start without cash flow issues, you know, then they move on and eventually they're people issues and, and, you know, getting customers can be an issue. So what's great is to be able to talk to, you know, those guys about, workplace culture about how they're feeling what tips and tricks have they got and it's been a really really great part or an important part to us becoming who we are today just just having those conversations you know having a discussion with Eddie every single April we do this every April mate what about sales when are they going to come back what's going on the market's falling off the face of the earth and then every single May it's like and how good's this and you're back into it you know what I mean and just like a problem shared is a problem halved you know and we all have similar problems so that that network has been great and you know I I love of catching up with those guys because this energy that I have and I bring, they bring it too. And then when it's all in the room together, like it is a big, great learning sort of energy. And it's it's it inspires me. You know, the work those guys are doing inspires me. Eddie May, I know I talk about Eddie a lot. Eddie is a very well-rounded character. You know, Eddie's 20 years older than me and we're like best mates, which is somewhat unusual. But I learned so much off Eddie. You know, when I, I, I have a one and a half year old son, right? His name's William. And that has been an absolute life changer for me. In that first six months, I really struggled. Like I struggled as a parent. I struggled to find balance between my marriage, my business, being a father. And the first person I turned to was Eddie. I'm on the phone to Eddie every day, just like, Ed, how do I do this? Like, what do I do? Like, when do you go home? Like, what does this look like? You know, it was a, it was a tough time, but those relationships built through collaboration and having people who will do that has just been more than just important in my solar life, like my personal life as well. So I can't recommend that enough. Get yourself a, I wouldn't call it a little click because that's not really what it is, but Get yourself some people from wherever they are and speak to them, you know, understand their business, go to their business and be, you know, be friends with these people because it goes such a long way. You're talking about the best case in terms of cooperation. Yeah. Some of the conversations Nigel and I have had offline and he's had with you offline mm-hmm. is about yep. competition that isn't so great and yeah. competitors that use different tactics and they're not open to collaboration, but they're also... Yep. really in strong opposition towards you in ways that aren't yeah. don't really have much integrity. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So Nigel and I had a, a phone call about this only this week, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, I won't mention names um, or businesses or anything, but there are certain people that, yeah, it's, it, the, the relationship's the opposite. So there's a lot of sort of hatred. There's a lot of perhaps jealousy. There's a lot of spite. 
a lot of attacking. Unfortunately, I think some of it comes down to I don't think they like that we sell end phase only. And look, to be honest, I don't think 80% of the solar industry like that we sell end phase only. I think the only people that actually like it are the people that sell end phase only. Or, you know, those people that I collaborate with, you know, appreciate and, and understand. Well, end phase would love it too, by the way. Look, I, I think so. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do think so. By the way, before I go there, I'm a huge believer of, you know, pe- people and customers obsess over products and products are important, but the solar company you deal with is far more important than the products you put on your roof. I've seen the poorest products stand the test of time. And I've also seen LG and Enphase last two years, you know, it's install quality. So moving the whole on package, that, though, isn't it? It's so important. It's the, the whole, whole package. package. It's the whole package. You know, products are, are stupidly important, but that company that's going to be there and who's going to be doing the install, in my opinion, is number one. But yeah, moving along, look, unfortunately, I get it a lot, you know, from a particular inverter manufacturer that has optimizers that come with it. And I get a lot of their sort of fanboys like really ripping into us, man. I had a guy the other day who's been in the solar industry for about three and a half minutes, right? Pops up takes a screenshot of one of my ads selling, you know, we're selling Nectar at the moment, which is a genuine, true, interest-free option, right? I promise you, there is not a cent of interest attached to this energy plan. It is a legit interest-free plan. They're getting solar on people's roofs. We pay no back-end fees, no hidden garbage, no anything. Anyway, so this guy screenshots it, reposted on his own social media and says, this is a load of garbage. I'm diving into this. I'm doing this. I'm going to rip this guy to pieces. And I thought to myself, come on, man, how much spare time you got? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Go work on your own systems. Anyway, so he's like, I'm going to investigate. A few days later, the post is removed. Obviously, I don't know how the investigations went. Obviously, not that good because I know what the product is. But you're right. You do, you do get that as well, you know, and I think sometimes – People will look at PSC and think it's somewhat of an overnight success. You know, or it popped up really quick or you guys grew too quick or you don't deserve to be there. You're 30. You know, I, I actually feel like some of that does happen. But, you know, it's, it's kind of water off a duck's back. You know, just just keep keep moving, keep moving forward. You know, it was, it was really funny. Uh, Carl Brown, you know, we all know Carl from InStyle. He posted a, a status once, a, a LinkedIn post. And what's funny about this was the post was about me. Maybe I was being a little cheeky shit to Carl one day, right? And I, I'm not going to say I wasn't because I definitely was. And Carl posted a, a LinkedIn post that hit home to me like a ton of bricks, right? And Carl posted, he said, a winner's focus on winning, loser's focus on winners. And that's exactly the mentality that I've taken moving on from that day onwards. I thought, wow, Carl, thanks for one of the greatest lessons of my entire life. That should be <laughs> so, your second tattoo, man. Yeah, after yeah, the you're best right, or nothing, right. that should be your yeah, second one. Yep, yep, yep. And you know, I've seen Carl since then, and it was uh, you know, actually, why well, I work with Carl now through Nectar, and uh, nothing's ever been said. I probably should say something. He's probably going to listen to this, but there's just been a respect that I grew for that man from that moment on. I thought, yeah, good for you. You know, I was probably a little out of line, and I respected him for that. So, yeah, I, I guess that's the way I, I've looked at this when people do try and nip at your heels, but. I would honestly wholeheartedly invite that person or anyone in the solar industry to come and have a tour of PSC. I don't mind if you operate 10Ks down the road because I'd love to share, you know, what we've learned here. And if if we're doing that, it means we're installing more high quality solar on rooftops. You know, we're not ripping it off in 10 years. Like I don't want this future service workload that we are going to have in 10 years from people installing crap. That's awesome, man. Now, just 
in terms of competition with a different car. We've heard about our very own Carl Jensen having an amazing 27-kilowatt system on his roof at home. <laughs> what have you got at home? Oh, Luke, don't make me do it to him. I can see him. Come on, Jake. <laughs> He's squirming. Mate, Just look at him I've squirming. Got, do it. Yeah, do it. I've got, what 30, you got 35 kilowatts of Enphase, uh, four power walls, two EV <laughs> chargers, Gen 3 Tesla, and we have two EVs. So we have a Model S performance and a Model Y performance. So full awesome. electric house, yeah. So we are on tank water as well and septic. Um, we are still connected to the grid, but we contribute more than we take. And, yeah, so it's a full electric lifestyle that we live in. Even electric ride-on lawnmower. I've got the new Ego Zero Turn. And let me tell you, that thing's a beast. Well, lift your, I'm lift your up. game, I'm Jensen. Ca- Come on. I'm catching, What's going I'm, on? Catching up in, I'm catching up in the EV race. The Model S performance lands in two weeks. So, What do you mean? Which one did you get? Got a second-hand P90D. Oh, good for you. That's awesome. I need another 700 horsepower in my life. Yeah, it sounds oh, hey, like you need another eight kilowatts two car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nine. Yeah, no, you love that. I just don't. You know what I don't have yet though is uh, the live wire, and I've ridden Nigels, and let me tell you, that is one of the bef- most fun I've ever had in my life. Yeah, damn straight, damn Special. straight. Awesome. Now there's not time for a whole lot more, but I just wanted to touch on. You mentioned when you had your child, and you're reaching out to Eddie. In terms of your balance and stuff now, how's that looking and what are some of the things that you do to manage your busy lifestyle? That's a really important topic, Luke, and I think probably not spoken about enough. What I do at the moment, I'm actually in a really good routine at the moment. So I wake up at 4.30 every day. Um, I'm at the gym by about 5.30 and it's a class. So I go there and I, I'm still switched off. I don't think. it's. I have a like a personal trainer that walks me through the whole thing in a class environment. Think of like an F45 or something like that. Then I get to work and I'm at work by about 7, 7.15 every single morning. So straight to work after the gym. Um, and I, I'll be here usually till probably four to five o'clock, five days a week. So I don't, um, I don't, I try not to stay past five o'clock at work. Um, It's a half an hour drive home for me. So I do like to try and get home and see the little fella before bed. And when I get home, you know, one of the bigger challenges has actually been switching off once I'm home. So that half an hour drive, you know, if I listen to your solar podcast, I get home and I'm still wired. You know, for me, that's a morning sort of podcast. Like I'll be listening to, you know, get my head in the game. But on the way home, I actually listen to some music, you know. I actually, on Spotify, my top artist, like Lady Gaga was in my top five. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say that out loud, but I'll listen to like that sort of music just to wind down in the afternoon. I get home and yeah, the challenge is putting the phone down, you know, putting the phone down, not being on socials and trying to uh, look at what everyone's commenting and getting caught up in that life. And then getting to bed at a decent hour has been really important for my routine as well. So I try and, you know, get to bed no later than nine o'clock and do it all over again the next day. But what's important about the routine is that, you know, I, as much as everyone else here, I really enjoy my weekends. So weekends is family time. Um, I've actually just started my helicopter license. So last weekend, you know, I had a full weekend of flying. So that sort of stuff's really important to me as well. Like I want to be challenged outside of work. You got some catching up to do there, Jake. I got a commercial pilot, multi-engine IFR instructor. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got some hours to do, Carl. I've got. It's still got more solar on his house, though, Carl. <laughs> what does that even count for? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was that anyway, Carl? I mean, come on. Well, speaking so, of yeah. that, sp- speaking of that family time, I am going to yes. cut it right there because uh, I'm getting yelled at from every direction now. So <laughs> right thanks very you. much for coming on, Jake, and I am out of here. See thanks, you, Jensen. Carl. Thanks for having me. Cheers, yeah. Carl. And that, that's life, hey? That's life. I mean, you guys live a, a super busy life. Carl lives a busy life. And, and here, here you guys are doing this podcast in the afternoon, contributing back to the industry. You know, you don't, you don't have to do this, which is really admirable. So it's all part of helping people. It's all part of helping the solar industry get better and better and better. But the balance is certainly important. And Carl just chose balance over solar industry. And I applaud that because that's probably a hard thing to do, to get off his own podcast you know, five minutes early. You've got to pay that. Now, Nigel, before we before we wrap up, do you have any last comments or questions, mate? Oh, uh, no. Look, really, I, I love chatting to people who own solar businesses, whether they're old or young or new or, or whatever, because um, if they're willing to come on here and share a few stories, then, you know, um, we, it's it's the, the rising tide lifts all boats, as they say, right? So, you know, big shout out to you, Jake, and you've always been very, very generous to um, to share some of your your challenges and your successes. So, thanks for coming on. The other one that I'll throw in two quick ones. Uh, I, I had a great conversation with Rod Dewar from Fronius today, and uh, he and I were chatting about all. In fact, we were we were going over a whole bunch of really complicated systems that were solar analytics monitored systems, but with Fronius hardware, and we were sort of going through them and we were talking about the challenges of of support and actually he rod kind of really really summed something up really well he said you know Nigel, one of the biggest challenges our whole industry has now especially at the manufacturer and supplier end is that systems are so complex now there's so much stuff going on you know whether it's multiple meter meters monitoring multiple different solar inverters and batteries and and vpps and blah blah blah, blah. and a big shout out and a big, just a big thought goes out there to all the people who are in support. Because as Rod was saying, the challenges that the people in support face, who frankly, and let's be frank, they're not the highest paid people in our industry. The, the, those people sit there answering phone calls, taking ever more complicated and more difficult questions. And this is in our business and in Rod's, in Fronius and very everyone's business. The challenge of just supporting solar now is getting ever more complicated and um so rod and i were you know crying on each each other's shoulders about how how challenging that is so shout out to all the support people um and secondly a little reminder that sundowners is on next week in sydney sundowners is an industry event event uh, that's that's run by the guys from coronium uh they're a, a large-scale consultants to the industry and do a whole lot of stuff helping large-scale guys get up and running but they have created this amazing event uh which typically sees you know three four five hundred people and fifteen twenty thirty thousand dollars on the bar it's noisy it's raucous it peaks very quickly it crashes very quickly and everyone's out by you know 10 o'clock and except for a few laggards and um kathleen ryan uh so sundown is last one for the year last one for the year on tuesday night I don't even know where it is. I guess it's at the same venue at uh, at Darling Harbour, but don't miss that one. It'll be a big one. And uh, before we wrap it up, Jake, do you have any last comments? Yeah, collaboration. You guys have made me think about it for the last 20 minutes and I just can't help but to sit here with a little smile on my face. Find 
people in this industry that you can connect with, that you can help support and can be supported by. Hold them dearly, take them through your challenges, and uh, it's a really, really rewarding thing. So, yeah, find some great people, which if you're listening to this podcast, you are the type of person that will go out there and find great people. You're open to learning. Yeah, I think collaborations, that's my my final comment. And I just want to say I admire everything you've done with Pemrith Solar Centre personally. And I know when we've come across each other's paths over the years, it's always been positive. And just hearing more about the culture of your business, you exude that wherever you go. So every time I've interacted with you, I've walked like crabs, away feeling... Right? We yeah, yeah, yeah. like crabs. <laughs> exactly. Contagious. <laughs> that's right. So I've always walked away feeling positive and feeling, you know... Itchy. Feeling... <laughs> oh, um, so, yeah, so hats off to you, mate, and really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And I think that the stuff that you've imparted today and spoken about today would be beneficial to lots of people in the industry from business owners all the way down. So um, so thanks heaps for coming on, mate. Yeah, awesome. bloody oath. Hey, thank bloody you. Earth. Thank you both for uh, for having me, Luke and Nigel. Um, it's been an honour and what an honour to be on the 50th behind Professor Martin Green <laughs> and Renata last week. Which <laughs> I just still don't understand how I got the follow-up uh, call from that. But um, like you said, it could have been the peak and now we're on the downhill. So <laughs> we're just going down the hill. No, I really appreciate it. It's such a great experience for me to come on here and, and have a yarn with you guys. So thank you. Thanks again. And I'll uh, see you as well. Thanks for listening and um, please subscribe, share it around and uh, like posts and interact with them. It just helps us get in front of more people and we'll catch you next time. Thanks.